Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Don't forget all our archives for the past, I think it's uh, now 60 to 90 days, are available with our compliments free of charge, 24 hours a day at www.xzonepodcast.com. That's www.xzonepodcast.com. My guest this hour is Nicholas Jinnix. We had Nicholas on a couple of uh, weeks ago, and we just had to have him back. We're going to be talking to Nicholas about his book called Future of God, Amen. Now, Providing a critical review of the Torah, New Testament, and Quran, our guest this hour, Nicholas P. Jennings' book, Future of God Amman, explains the foundation of Egyptian beliefs, an integrated concept of truth, justice, righteousness, the soul, and the hereafter, and how these principles influenced development of the Judaic, Christian, and Islamic religions. It shares today's worshippers' information about the origin of God, that Jesus Christ acknowledged the Egyptian god Amman as the beginning of creation of God. This is based on Revelation 3.14, which allows readers to gain a better understanding of their own personal God. Moreover, the book also offers recommendations for religious leaders on working together in the spirit of unifying their sculptures, scriptures, as well as resolving their present differences. Joining me now is Nicholas Jinnix. And uh, Nicholas, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us again, sir. Well, thank you, Rob, for having me back on your show. Now, for many of our listeners who uh, were away on summer holidays enjoying themselves and with for the new affiliates that we have now since you were last with us, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you became interested in learning about God and the Scriptures. Uh, well, it started even as a little boy. I, I guess most people think about God, and 
as a little boy, I always mm-hmm. wondered where did God come from. Right. Uh, so I guess consciously and subconsciously, my ears were always open to any conversations that people would have. Mm-hmm. And I engaged myself as I grew older with uh, teachers and uh, people who were very uh, much interested in religion as I was, and uh, gathered quite a bit of information. But it wasn't not until I got out of the army. And I started to read some books by uh, Egyptologists, uh, highly respected ones, such as uh, James H. Breasted. Um, and then I also read other books by religious scholars. Mm-hmm. And I was able to look at the total spectrum of how mankind first came to conceive God. And being able to connect the dots, I started to write a book. But, Rob, I have to say, I had never in my life considered that I I would ever write a book. Right. It was only after I retired as an engineer uh, in the industry, I retired at about the age of 67, 68, I sat at my computer, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to write a legacy for my four daughters. I wanted them to remember me after I've passed away. So I started to write... And what unfolded was everything I thought about as a young man, about God, and it just came out very not naturally. So that's how the first book was written. In fact, it was called Legacy of a Father. All right, stand by, Nicholas. You and I have to take our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation Nicholas Ginnix is our special guest. www. All right, do you have your pencils and paper ready? I'm going to give you that website right now, www.futureofgodamen.com. That's futureofgodamen.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, and my special guest this hour, Nicholas Jennings. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell? The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, 
99 cents. This product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Exonation uh, Nicholas Genex is my special guest this hour. We're talking about the God Amon. Now, where did you start learning about the God Amon, and, and why was he so inspirational to you? Again, uh, it started after I've read a few books by the Egyptologists, and uh, mm-hmm. it became clear to me that many people, whether they go to a temple or a church or a mosque, Many of them say amen at the end of a prayer, a supplication, or giving thanks. They even sing amen. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, seemed that there is no coincidence uh, that it's, uh, or it wasn't inadvertent, that it didn't, or it wasn't derived from uh, the beliefs of the ancient Egyptians. They worshipped amen as a god as long, as far back as, 2000 BCE, before the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We're talking over 2,000 years before Jesus. Now, Amen had to be a god that was greatly influ- has greatly influenced many of the minds of the people, but also the Semites and the, or the Hebrews that entered Egypt. And uh, basically, that's one of the things that I also put out, uh, wrote about in the book, was the fact that uh, after the uh, Semites invaded Egypt around, uh, oh, I think it was 1575 BCE, uh, they uh, controlled that, uh, the northern, uh, near the, near the uh, Mediterranean. They controlled most of Egypt, but after a few, a few generations, they were driven back out by uh, several pharaohs. And it was the pharaoh, Thomas III, who, when he drove them out, he also captured many of the, uh, the, uh, the, the leaders uh, and their sons and brought them back into Egypt and uh, indoctrinated them into the religion that they believed in, knowing that when the leaders back home in, the, in Syria and Palestine would possibly pass away, their sons would take uh, control of the, uh, the, the, the land or the people they were working with, and hopefully disseminate many of their own beliefs. But the point is that uh, Amen yeah. is not 
uh, has not originated with the Hebrews, as many people think. And and yet, uh, you know, I almost thought that the word amen made its first appearance in the Bible uh, under what is considered to be the most solemn circumstances, and that's when a husband accused his wife of adultery, and she protested her innocence, and she had not been caught in the act. The matter was settled by God under the test of bitter water, and I think it's even referenced, too, in uh, numer- uh, Numbers five twelve to 31. Uh, the woman was taken to the priest, and the priest put her under oath. She submitted to a ceremony in which she drank some water containing dust from the tabernacle floor. If she committed adultery, she was cursed with a wasting disease, but if she did not get sick, proven innocent and wrong. Uh, during the ceremony, when the priest pronounced the the curse, the woman was required by God to say, Amen, Amen. That is the first occurrence in the word of Scripture. That is a fascinating story. Uh, but, you know, also Jesus Christ used Amen quite mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, there is a... Uh, a particular uh, uh, hymn that I included in uh, my uh, next coming book called Amen, simply one word, but the subtitle is The Beginning of the Creation of God. Uh, It's a follow-up with Future of God, Amen, Mm -hmm. but in Amen, which will be released uh, uh, possibly in December or January of of next year, uh, it includes more of my own personal beliefs and conclusions, uh, things that I could not say in my original book, Future of God, Amen, because I wanted the first book to be very objective and devoid of my own opinions and have it based on facts and findings that I was able to surface and bring to the attention of of many people. But uh, Amen uh, is a book where I included the hymn by Jesus, and Jesus says amen very frequently. Yeah, he does. He says it with a, uh, a certain amount of rather, uh, uh, you might say, a, a belief or veneration towards God. Mm-hmm. Not as a curse, but as something that is not quite so be it, but also something that's in reverence of this very wonderful name that has never been forgotten. Isn't it also um, believed that uh, in the translation of the Bible, the word verily, as Jesus said many times, verily, verily, I say unto you, that the actual word is amen? Uh, In some cases. In Mm -hmm. fact, uh, the actual uh, Hebrews use uh, amen also to stand for truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and they use some t- uh, they'll say the God of truth, which they're referring to Amen as a substitute for, for truth. And it's no coincidence that Amen, one of his greatest attributes, mm-hmm. was that he was a God of truth and, ha- uh, have, have, and righteousness. What is the opinion of the Christian clergy to your belief that the word Amen is actually in reverence to an Egyptian god? or a pagan god? Unfortunately, uh, not only Christians, but uh, I would say uh, whether you're Judaic or Mm -hmm. Christian or uh, one of the three major religions, there is a lot of resistance to the idea that uh, I have surfaced facts and findings that uh, Amen was an Egyptian god that existed 2,000 years before Jesus, and that it was this name 
and the beliefs of the Egyptians that, that has been emulated by the three major religions. You mentioned earlier when you opened up your uh, program that the Egyptians uh, had developed the concepts of a soul, mm -hmm. the concept of the hereafter based on righteousness, the concept of many gods that finally the, the, uh, developed into one god. And uh, in fact, before Moses left Egypt, during the reign of Ramsey II, the priesthood of Amman wrote scripture in which they wrote Amman as the sole god, and that particular hymn is also presented in my book. But uh, does, doesn't, it, doesn't that go contrary to, to religious belief if Amen was the god of the Jews and not the god on high? And isn't it strange that that the Bible would be implementing a pagan god as the god of the Creator? Well, that would be a uh, the wrong way to, to to look at it. There are many people who are defensive about their religion would pick it up exactly that mm -hmm. way. They, but we have to understand that mankind learns from former generations. Yes. An idea such as truth, justice, and righteousness, and that a God represents these attributes, uh, was so powerful and so strong. The idea of an afterlife and the idea of a soul uh, took hold. And what the leaders of the three major religions should try to acknowledge is what Jesus Christ acknowledged in Revelation 3.14. He, made it, uh, he proclaimed that Amen is the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now that says an awful lot. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about another entity, a God that he apparently knew about. And uh, yes, you're going to have people who would uh, refute the fact that this is all a pagan God and we shouldn't believe in it. But uh, the truth is we learn from the past, and we develop ideas and beliefs from the past. All right, please don't is, take this the wrong way, but how do we know you're right and the Bible's wrong? The fact that the Egyptians were the only formal religion in the world mm -hmm. that was able to document their beliefs in stone. We see it in their temples, their pyramids, their monuments, the writings on the walls, that show this God existed and show how their beliefs in the hereafter were. Well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. It doesn't, it doesn't show us that this God existed. It shows, oh, yes. no, 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 no. It, it all, in my, as, as I see it, it just shows us that they believed in this God. There's no evidence. Uh, yes. in, Belief is one thing. That's and right. To actually say that a God truly exists is totally different. It's another thing. Yeah. See, belief is what makes it exist. I, once again, that can be taken more than one way. Because if you believe something is so without any physical evidence of it actually being there, doesn't mean it's there. It means that it's only based on your own personal belief. The same goes yes, for the other yes, side. But, but you know, there's, belief there's three sides extreme. to every story. There's three sides to every story. His there side, her be. side, and the truth. There may be, but the truth is... This is a God that, that did exist. There are many hymns, uh, Egyptian scripture, that shows how the, the priests of Amman mm -hmm. actually wrote and revered their God. Well, wait so a second. Well, that has with, 
that we, was documented. Well, we can say the same thing about satanic uh, satanic rituals then, because they believe and they've written about Satan. Yes, but you see, there are certain beliefs that has taken hold and people believe in, and others that are still falling by the wayside. People today don't really believe in hell anymore. But they, do people uh, today... To do, to, to all, all right, listen, I, I've got to take my commercial break with the news, but I have to ask you this. Do people believe in the God Amon these days? Not really. We'll be back on the other... We'll be back... Nick, we have to take a break. We'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Welcome back, everyone. Nicholas Genex is my special guest this hour. We're talking about Nicholas's book that is entitled Future of God, Amen. Call a call to daughters and sons of God. His website is www.futureofgodamen.com. Uh, Nicholas, you you say yeah. you know we were talking before uh, and uh, you mentioned. The, the different religions between Christianity, uh, the, the Jewish religion, and, uh, you know, the Nation of Islam. Are, 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 they all, are, are all three religions based on the same God? Well, all three religions pretty much group from the same roots mm-hmm. of the beliefs that originated in Egypt with the God Amen. Uh, but you bring up a good point, that although you have three religions, you don't really have three separate beliefs, but three separate views. Right. Uh, the, Jew- the Jewish uh, people believe in one God, and this is exactly what the Egyptians believed in, one universal God, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christians have a belief where they extended it to a God that they believe consists of three entities, the Father, the Son, and Jesus, uh, the Son, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And Islam 
they believe in the one God, but they, they named him Allah, which simply means one God. Uh, they have the, these beliefs, and these beliefs are no stronger or any more valid than the beliefs that the Egyptians had for their own God for many thousands of years. Mm-hmm. In fact, perhaps more so than the religions that have grown from Egypt. So a belief is a very powerful thing uh, that can, where, where people will give up their lives for such a belief. Whether this God is real, no one knows. Now, no one knows. Now, the God Amen, A-M-E-N, is he the Egyptian god Amun-Ra? Amun-Ra, yes, there was a... Uh, a merge of the sun god Ra with Amon, which was the uh, the basic god in Thebes, mm-hmm. the most popular god. But as uh, the uh, the priesthood of Amon became the stronger priesthood in all of Egypt, and it was their god that started to dominate, especially by the time of Ramsey II, where they did write mm-hmm. scripture title Amon as the soul god. Uh, So this god became the the, the very uh, venerated god, Uh, and they also in their scripture indicated that this god is evolved from Atum, A-T-U-M, which was the first god of creation uh, that the Egyptians first believed in. But the way they wrote their scriptures, they went full circle where they said that Amen, or Aman, is the combination of Amon-Ra and Atum. And so what the priesthood did was solidify and capture the same belief, but they raised it to mm-hmm. be the one universal God, Amon, or Amen. Now, wasn't it during the reign of King Akhenaten that it was uh, Aten who was the was a form of the sun god that Akhenaten actually exactly. made, made him exactly. the king of gods. And, uh, yes, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, it was Akhenaten that made Aten the king of gods, because prior to King Akhenaten, there were there were several gods. In fact, there were over 30 gods and goddesses. Yes, I, I, uh, put, I, I gave a good chapter on Amenhotep the fourth. Uh, which is the uh, the pharaoh you just named? He uh, he is the one pharaoh, and in fact, it had to be a man in power, mm-hmm. a man with education and sensitivity. He was exposed to many of the beliefs uh, that infiltrated from Syria and Egypt. Uh, his father, Amenhotep III, in fact, married a few. Uh, Syrian women, uh, so that uh, the women in the household had him uh, exposed to these other beliefs. This allowed Agahenton uh, to develop this one concept of the sun god being a personal god. He took the Ra, because he knew Ra was embedded as one of the most powerful gods in Egypt. But he, he uh, attached the name Atan uh, to this god. But out of the sun were hands 
that uh, or rays of light that 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 ended with hands. And what mm-hmm. he was saying was that without the sun, there is no life. And that is this is the first universal and God that he uh, finally and uh, got his people to believe in. In fact, while he was on his throne for 17 years, he uh, dismissed worship of all of the other gods, which the priesthoods around that time were very much against. And uh, after Ahenton died, uh, they erased his name from all of the temples because they wanted to go back to their traditional beliefs. But you cannot kill a good idea. The idea of one God started to emerge again, and only about two generations later, as I said, it was the priesthood of Amman, uh, during Ramsey II, that wrote scriptures, Amman is the sole God. And that was, that's a beautiful piece of scripture, by the way, which I also took several excerpts and put into my book. Yeah, our researchers just let me know that where there were over 2,000 gods and goddesses in ancient Egypt. Yes, and this is a marvelous thing. You know, uh, what we find is that mankind evolved where they tried to find answers to the beauty of the earth, the wondrous things that occur around them, the animals, the trees, the moon, the stars. Mm-hmm. And they tried to explain it with things that perhaps there are gods that were in control or were associated with, with each of these wonders. All right, so let, let, and, me ask, let me ask you this then, Nick. In today's society, when we have all the answers, do we still need gods? I would say yes for this reason. We don't know all the answers where, whereby how was the first atom, mm-hmm. the first atom that makes up all sorts of things, whether it's organic or inorganic things like human beings, tables, chairs, stones, uh, where did the first atom appear? How did it appear? How did it occur? Was it energy? Was it matter? I love Einstein's equation, E is equal to, to mc square. There are two things that are related to one, one another, energy yes. and matter. Mm-hmm. And what came first? Well, one would think it had to be energy. Matter, by just evolving by itself, is hard to comprehend. But this is an answer or a question that scientists of today have not been able to resolve and may never be able to resolve because atoms became so prolific and multiplied to the extent that we have billions of galaxies made up of atoms and billions of stars. Mm -hmm. Our own galaxy uh, is one of many. In fact, there are galaxies that are uh, 100 times bigger than our own. Where did all this matter come from? This astounds any brilliant mind, and I don't think anybody has an answer to that. No, but if we were and to look at the... If they an answer to that, they won't know where God came from. All right, but if we were to look back and do things as they did in the ancient times, and whenever somebody came up with a bright idea or a concept that they named a god after it, you know, we, we would be continuously naming gods. But I think that humanity has evolved to a certain point where the need for gods for explanations is no longer needed. Well, you see, there's another point that a lot of people need to acknowledge, and that is it isn't so much God mm-hmm. being something you could actually believe, because it's all belief, it's all faith. 
Right, Santa Claus. We don't know if God exists, but the most important thing, and I think the religious leaders have mm-hmm. captured it, is to associate with this wonderful idea of God the attributes that raise man from an animal to a higher level, the concepts of righteousness, the concept of truth and justice. This is what this God elevates mankind from. But man is, and, but man is an animal. There's no two ways about it. He yes, is an animal. Without trying to emulate something above the nature of man, something that they could aspire to, man will continue to be an animal. Well, you know what? I, I don't think that man is at the top of the totem pole because you don't see animals around the world causing worldwide wars, famine, starvation, uh, and all the, all the other evils that we humans impose on each other, as well as other members of the animal kingdom. Well, it doesn't make <laughs> the animals a superior over man. It happens that mankind has done also some very marvelous things. Uh, man has the nature to love. So and do this animals. is another message in my book, Bob, uh, that I try to indicate mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ did one other thing that I mention in a book, and a lot of people miss it. Married, he was married and had children. No, no. He, in the last Gospel of John, Mm -hmm. he gave the last command from God, and very few people know what that command is. He stated it three times, and he stated not as, thou shalt, he stated it as, I command you to love one another. That is the word of God. He stated it emphatically three times. No other command has been stated three times in the Bible. And this was the last command that Jesus Christ himself gave. Now, the reason why I bring this out is that of all of the prophets, starting with our wonderful Pharaoh, uh, Agahentan, uh, Moses, Jesus, and Mohammed, mm-hmm. the greatest prophet of all is perhaps Jesus, because he came up with the one concept or one command that hopefully could save the world, and that is love one another. And unless the three religions could acknowledge the fact that they all originated from the same roots, and that our man is at the base of the belief, and that the idea of righteousness, truth, and justice is why we believe in God, and that love is the thing that we have got to learn, we're going to have possibly a third world war well, we're, if they don't teach that. We see that happening now. And, you know, when you talk about God, Christ, and the prophet Muhammad, excuse me, I, I don't put Muhammad in the same category as God or Jesus Christ. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. You mentioned this. Uh, I am writing my fifth book. Uh, after I wrote Future of God, oh, Amen, I wrote another book called Amen and Jesus Revelation. Uh, and then I wrote another one called God, Us, and the Universe. You would be interested in that. It's a lot of articles I wrote on the Internet. I, I belong to a few Internet f- forums, mm-hmm. uh, religious groups, that I would write an article, and I would get these responses. And some of these responses were highly sophisticated and very uh, astute. And I would respond in the best way I knew how. And I got so much information 
then I put these responses and comments in those two books. All right, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you short, but we're we're running short on time, and I and I'm wondering why you put Muhammad in the same category as Christ and God. Well, I really don't, uh, and that's why I'm I'm writing a fourth book. It's uh, it's going to be titled Allah, We, Our, and Us where I unfold the mystery of why does uh, it Allah referred to in the plural sense, and there's a mystery that unfolds that I actually document right from the Quran itself. And this is going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people. Okay, so, well, once again, you said the three pri. you know, you, you're the one who included... Mohammed in the same category as Christ and God. I just have wondered well, why. And, here's a man, excuse me. and we've got less than 30 seconds, so give me a fast right, answer. Here's a man that took the beliefs of the Jews and the mm-hmm. Christians and came up with a religion. And basically, it was to try to organize many of his people to be united and believe in God. But he took it a step further. He started to conquer other countries. But it is the belief in God that allowed him to do this. So God is used in many different ways, unfortunately, to gain power and control. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Nicholas Genex is our special guest, Exxon Nation. Here's his website, www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good to Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. 
Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Nicholas Genix is our special guest this hour. We're talking about Nicholas's book, his latest book. Uh, he is one heck of an author. A, he raises a lot of questions and a lot of good research goes into each and every one of his books. This book is entitled Future of God and Men, Call to Daughters and Sons of God. His website is www.futureofgodamen.com, and his book is available at amazon.com. First of all, Nicholas, always great talking to you. Um, man, you know, your, you know your stuff. There's no two ways about it. But before we say so long for tonight, I'd like you to tell me about some of your research that you've uh, done that, uh, that's provided findings that prove Genesis was generated with ideas originally created by the Egyptians. Yes, I, uh, I, I had to read the Torah, I had to read the Gospels, and I read the Koran line by line, because I was obligated to understand these scriptures. But I learned so much, and then I, of course, read several hymns by the Egyptians, and after I read the hymn, uh, called the Ray Isis Myth, and a hymn that Amenhotep IV, he wrote a hymn to the Aton. I saw that there were phrases and ideas that were actually emulated and transposed into Genesis. Hmm. Uh, for example, the concept of water. The first god of creation emanated with the Egyptians from the from water called Nutten. Uh, so there is a relationship there. But we go a little bit further. The actual nouns that are used in uh, Genesis, uh, which is cattle and fowl and birds and uh, creatures that crawl upon the earth and so forth, mm -hmm. these were the actual nouns that, that also appeared in the Ray Issey's myth. And I'm saying there's quite a coincidence that they would use the same nouns as appeared in a hymn from the Egyptians. And uh, also in the hymn to the Atom, uh, Atan, I don't have the book before me right now, but one of the most majestic lines came from that hymn that appeared in Genesis, How manif Manifold Art Thou? Uh, that particular phrase also came from the hint to, uh, to the Atan. And so what I was able to see, and, and, I, and many scholars have found that there's a lot of Egyptian phrases that appear in many of the psalms, uh, uh, Hebrew psalms and such as well. All right. Thanks very much for joining us, Nicholas. We have to say so long for tonight. We're going to have you back on in the future. Keep the great work up, and I'm looking forward to reading your next book. Thank you very much. Take care, Nick. Exonation Nicholas Genix has been my guest this hour. Once again, his website is www.futureofgodamen.com. It's available 
on, uh, let me see, Amazon.com, as well as through his website. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll see you at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour.